All right, welcome everyone. I am chatting with Mia today. She has left the medical science world in the past where she couldn't see herself in this field and really started noticing physical symptoms from the stress. Coming from a family of physicians, she took some time off but knew that health and wellness were still very much of interest. She then started working for startups, doing a variety of work, including marketing, social media, and content creation for boutique and global health and wellness brands. He wrote several articles related to several um, self-care, wellness, CBD for publications such as BuzzFeed, Thrive Global, Ethical Influencers, Pebble Magazine, and more. And most recently, she took a leap and co-founded her own company, Eugenial, which provides and promotes personal care, and you can correct me on the name if I spelled that or said it wrong, but personal care and wellness products containing CBD. Her passion for the space as well as CBD keeps her motivated and continually pushing forward. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And yes, you did say that right. It's Eugenial. Amazing. A lot of people say Eugenial as well, so I don't think it matters. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm glad I got it. And thank you so much for taking some time to chat. Uh, We've been trying to schedule this for a bit. So I'm super pumped to have you on the show. And, you know, I just wanted to start with because like from an outside perspective, just going through some of your story and, and your path, it seems like wellness and mindfulness really unfolded quite naturally in your life based on what I'm seeing, but you hold the the actual truth to that. So I'd love for you to provide some details on how you really became passionate about this space. Um, yeah, I think I would agree with you. Well, it did seem quite a natural unfolding, but in maybe different ways. So my first interest in health was when I applied to medical school As you mentioned, I come from a family of physicians and it was maybe a different approach to health to some of the more alternative, holistic areas that I've become interested in since. Yeah. Um, But I did always have that interest in the background. My mum's Eastern, she comes from Korea um, and they have a lot of that in their history and their way of life over there anyway. Um, And just being at uni, I was actually really surprised how we were not sort of, I hesitate to use the word indoctrinated, but we were quite harshly counseled against such remedies. Um, And they were always pictured in a very negative light. So all these practitioners are money grabbing, there's no evidence. And, and now it's interesting, because there's this new field called integrative medicine, where all that stuff is coming to the forefront. Um, So it's nice to see the worlds coming together. Totally. It's funny you say that because even even now, I, I mean, it's definitely progressed, but I have a, a few friends that are physicians and, you know, the conversations are still a bit on the fence, like a, the, the exact words you use, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm into it, but show me the evidence, right? Things like that, which is obviously, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's a, it's a result of just the training, right? And, and how that training um, has been very consistent over the years and it seems like it's starting to evolve and shift but I'm curious like given you come from such a strong family background of 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 physicians was like if you rewind to that point where you started really questioning it and making the decision to do something different like what were some of the emotions running through your head or how'd you get through um that period Um, Yeah, I mean, medical school in general was a very difficult, confusing time for me. (laughs) And a very prolonged existential crisis, because I'd never really 
questioned what it was that I wanted to do for myself. I kind of just fell into trusting people around me and trusting that they knew better and that they had my best interests at heart. And obviously things change so quickly and medicine's not the same as it was when they did it. And Mm -hmm. institutions take a long time to change and update as well. Um, And while I was there, I just, I'm not sure what it was, but I just really struggled with the clinical environment. So I was fine with lectures and reading books, but there was something about hospitals that I just found traumatic. (laughs) And... (laughs) could see that I don't, there were just so many emotions there was so much human error um there was so much just really emotional experiences that are very difficult to deal with and I really admire the people that can handle that um and just the academic pressure as well I found very very difficult um and it started to take a toll on me health-wise. I wasn't really looking after myself because I wasn't finding healthy ways to cope with the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell into that sort of freshers mentality of going out and drinking a lot. And I had really poor work-life balance because you go from school where it's very structured to having to take charge of it all yourself. And I was very much a crammer, which really didn't help things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it all sort of blew up on me in the end where I just pushed myself to do something that I wasn't sure about for too long Um, and fighting with yourself in that way just has these really manifest effects that I was really surprised to find actually yeah totally well thank you for being so transparent and vulnerable because I mean I think there's let's be realistic there's a lot of people that are still going through um things like that right so i'm curious just in retrospect and especially given the work you're doing now like what are some things you think that could be helpful to to pull out of that system um, for people that want to continue in it but just do it in maybe a little bit more of a healthy way yeah so i absolutely wish that i'd taken a break because um so at imperial we do an intercalated degree where you do a bsc halfway through doing your MBBS. Okay. The year that I finished that, that was my fourth year. And I knew by then that I needed a timeout because I was just so burnt out and I just didn't have the motivation to continue. So I actually went to the head of welfare and I said, I think I need a year out because it wasn't unheard of. There are people that, um, you know, take a year out to try something else. Or there were people in the year that were rowing for the Olympics and they were taking a year out. So it was definitely feasible. Um, but it was all the people around me and sort of the head of welfare himself and a lot of the academic tutors, they all said, you've only got two years left, just push on through. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And pushing on through was just my downfall because I then had to repeat a year and I then had to, you know, just really push myself when there was no fuel left in the tank and it ended up being far more damaging doing that than just taking a career break and taking a year out to focus on myself and focus on something else. Totally. Do you think there's anything though, other than like a full year, like even let's say you went back and you know, you're back. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, again, knowing, having some friends that have gone through medical school, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, you know, just are any suggestions on even just the day to day to kind of get in some of those micro breaks so that your, your mind can somewhat, you know, process everything that's coming at it. Yeah, I mean, when I look back, I definitely wasn't taking care of 
my mental health. I wasn't doing any of the practices that I'm doing now. Sure. Um, so just things as simple as diet and exercise, I'd let that slip. Um, and it's difficult because obviously when you are not in a good place or you're suffering from depression and anxiety, it's hard to get the motivation to want to look after yourself. So it becomes this vicious cycle, um, yeah. which is what leads to the downward spiral. But just somehow forcing yourself to be able to do that would make a difference. Um, also things like journaling, it's just such an emotional release to be able to write things out and get it out of your head, put pen to paper. And sometimes when you go back and you read your entries, you have such a new perspective on what you wrote, which is what I always find most interesting. Um, so doing that and also just making more time to um, socialize and pursue other interests, I think, because I got so wrapped up in having to pass the year that I cut out a lot of things that I was interested in and saw them as a waste of time. Um, yeah. So making sure that I had more balance in my life would have been a lot more beneficial. I like that. I mean, I really like the, just the socializing piece because, you know, it's just a, it's something that's very accessible. I mean, everything you mentioned is very accessible, but I think even just perception wise is, is more accessible, right? If someone's not into journaling or meditation or any of these type of practices, I mean, just going out and spending time with, with friends or doing different things is, is very much something that you can kind of, uh, accept. And, but it's just a matter of being aware enough that, you know, you need that obviously. I was just going to say, um, just going back to that, I think who you have around you is so important because definitely one of the things that made everything worse was when I had to repeat the year, all my friends obviously moved off into the next year and I kind of lost, it was harder to keep touch with that circle a little bit. Sure. Um, and that, that definitely really impacted things. So having good people around you and being able to keep a social circle has such an impact on your work life. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I do want to connect kind of two worlds because I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm painting a picture as if like you have no, uh, no stress or that you don't have a lot going on when in fact, you know, it's from the outside, it definitely seems like you do. I mean, you have a, a pretty significant online presence as well, which in its own right, I mean, I don't think we need to to talk too much about it, but you know, social media, tech, all of that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is is definitely uh, a stressor, or we're getting hit with a lot of content. So, you know, these practices you mentioned, or I'm wondering if there's anything else, like what what's helping you right now or today? You know, even manage some of that world. Um, today, I find the most useful thing variety. Um, just having such variety in what I'm doing. I've mm. always got more than one project on the go. So it's quite, I think it's easy to feel drained when you're giving your all to the same thing constantly. Yeah. Um, being able to hop between different projects so you're not spending too long on social media or too long um, in the startup world is really helpful. Love that. I love that. Again, that's another super accessible piece. So what, so what brought you to the startup world? I mean, like that's just so different um, from, from the past or, or the, at least the path that you were going down. Was it during that, um, that time where you took, took off to just reflect and, and figure out kind of where you wanted to go? Like how did, how did all that start? Um, I actually started getting involved in startups towards the end of university because okay. 
I was already investigating what else was out there and what else I might want to do. And I found I just found startups a really exciting space. People have so much energy. There were so many ideas floating around. It was really creative. I felt like it tied together a lot of my interests. Um, and I started working for this startup called Doctify, which was an app that was like an Uber for doctors. So I was doing blog articles for them okay. and um, doing a bit of their marketing. And I just really enjoyed being in that environment and working with people working on projects like that. So uh, by the time it came to starting my own startup, I already knew that was the space that I wanted to be in. Well, it seems like a, it's a nice nice transition, right? It's, it's not like a mm-hmm. full cut from what you were doing before. Um, yeah. Cool. So then what, um, what came next? Um, so then I just sort of, I've been trying so many different things, um, mainly in the startup world. I tried a bit of finance, marketing, PR, uh, but my sort of startup in the wellness industry was always a consistent theme alongside that. So that's where I knew that my passions and my real interest lay and that that was an in that was an industry that I wanted to stay in long term sure you know one thing I, I read this somewhere um I want to say it's um was on the website for uh Eugenial and it was something to the effect of you know modern rituals with ancient roots I just mm-hmm. I just love that concept because you know, it's super cool right now to see all of these different practices becoming a little bit more mainstream or accessible, but I'm always, I always kind of chuckle because it's on our side, right? I mean, we talked about this before hitting record, but you know, with Keo on, on the journaling front, it's not like we're inventing journaling or inventing meditation and, and whatnot. Like these things have been around for thousands of years, um, but now yeah. they're starting to surface, right? And that line, you know, modern rituals with, ancient roots it's just it's such a beautiful way to to state it like what i just i'd love to get your perspective um since you're you're in this um Mm. on just this whole evolution and and maybe a bit of the reason why you think these things are surfacing yeah i mean i find that aspect so interesting um so there's this author that i really like he's an investigative journalist and he's called graham hancock i'm not sure if you've heard of him no but i'll look him up yeah, um, his books are, are really, really interesting. But he always says that we're a species of amnesia um, because it's so easy for us to progress into this technological world and always be focusing on the future. But we're sort of forgetting our past and forgetting our roots. Love it. And and I think that's really evident, especially in mental health, because we've had practices around for centuries, like meditation and journaling, as you said. Mm. Um, And it's almost as though we've got all these things available to us, but we've forgotten why they're there and why they're important. So they've fallen by the wayside over time. And now those benefits are coming to the forefront again. Yeah, that's interesting. That's it it makes me think because even on the journaling front, um, something I've talked about a lot is just this concept of getting to the end of the week or you get to Friday and just take even if, if it's five or ten minutes and just asking a couple questions like um you know like what did i learn this week or what was great about this week and it it reminds me of what you're saying about the the amnesia it's just we have the answer to so many of the th- so many of the things we're seeking but if we if we slow down for a second and just think 
right? Versus heading to the bookstore and, and buying the latest kind of self-help book, um, searching or seeking, right? Um, what do you, like, what do you think, like, what do you think's really unpacking this world? Is it, is it mental health and like we have no choice um, but to try some different things out or like just from your perspective, like why is it okay now, right? That everyone's meditating or, you know, accepting journaling and different aromatherapies and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it is partly because there is this mental health epidemic. I mean, there's a mental health crisis. So many people are suffering and uh, the World Health Organization officially declared burnout, um, you know, a phenomenon this year. So mm-hmm. it is a problem that's so widespread. And at the same time, there's very little that we have in the way of managing it. So the systems that we have in place aren't really designed to cope. Um, and we haven't got that many effective solutions, if we admit it to ourselves. Yeah. So the more things there are out there that are accessible to the everyday person the better and that's why I think we're seeing this uptake in meditation journaling which does seem to be helping people Um, but hopefully in the future we have even better strategies and we are seeing a lot of institutions putting funding and research into that which I think is so important yeah it's it's really it's really encouraging I, I I you know I generally feel very optimistic and on where things are heading um you know, there's a lot uh, to your point. I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done, but, uh, and maybe I'm a bit biased just being kind of in the space, but it, it does feel like there's, there's movement and progress. And the, the nice thing about these like wellness practices, it's, it's, it's like they're almost unlimited, right? It's once you start tapping into mm-hmm. one, like you find another and it's, <laughs> it's endless, right? Uh, which is so mm-hmm. beautiful. And like, and one of those things, like, I, I definitely want to talk about your latest venture and just wellness and, and CBD. So why don't you just explain a little bit on the origin story of, of how this all came about. And um, it's, it's actually something I don't know a ton about, to be honest. Um, in Canada, uh, it's CBD is actually legalized and, and showing up. I know the US and stuff. So like, this is all pretty fresh, I think. Um, so I'd love to get, to, uh, get a little bit of a rundown from you. Okay, yeah. Um, So with the CBD brand, it goes back to realizing that I wanted to be in the wellness industry, because that's where my interests were. It's what I spent all my free time reading about or going to talks and workshops about. Um, And I wanted to find some level of creative freedom, which is what I felt like I didn't have when I was in medicine. Um, So having a startup in wellness was the perfect thing for me. And then I came across CBD just because I noticed that it was going to be a big trend in the industry and I didn't think it was going anywhere. And the thing that I found most interesting is sort of recently there's been a lot of research into the therapeutic benefits of um, sort of, I mean, a lot of them are prohibited drugs, but I think that in the future they'll become legalized. So for example, at Imperial, which is where I went, you've got the world's first psychedelic research center and that's showing a lot of promise in fields like depression um and you're seeing in the u.s the legalization of marijuana now so the the uk is always behind but i'm sure we'll catch (laughs) up Um, but the therapeutic benefit in that space was what got me really interested to start eugenial that's cool and wasn't it I, i read somewhere um 
kind of some of your, like your first exposure to CBD was, was to help with sleep. Um, is that correct? Or, or are you seeing, are you still using it for that? Or like, what, what are you seeing? Cause sleep, I feel, and maybe this is a bit, um, like calm and headspace and the meditation apps are really pushing pretty hard on their whole sleep journeys and sleep stories to help people get a good night's sleep. Um, mm-hmm. but I've heard this before too, um, and, and when it comes to CBD. Yeah. So, um, sleep's definitely the thing that it's, helped me with the most. I take CBD every day, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, about 300 milligrams. Okay. Um, so, so I definitely think because the two things that I wanted to deal with were anxiety and sleep. Okay. As far as anxiety is concerned, it's about taking a dosage over time that will help to balance the endocannabinoid system. So I use a 300 milligram bottle, but a dosing is probably about 10 milligrams. Okay. Um, and I think for anxiety, it's such a psychological thing that in the past I've used beta blockers and I've been prescribed various medications. And even when you take those, it's easy to feel physiologically calm, but psychologically you've still got the racing thoughts and the anxiety. Um, I think dealing with that is sort of a separate issue, but as far as sleep's concerned, it's definitely helped me both fall asleep and stay asleep for longer because I mean, a lot of people suffer from stress-induced insomnia, and um, it, it's definitely been beneficial for me in that sense. Okay. No, I appreciate it. Um, I, I guess just a follow-up on that, jumping a little bit more into some of your daily routines and the, and the practices and, and things that you're doing, um, you know, could be in the morning, throughout the day, and in the evening, but like, what is that? what does that look like? And have you found any for you again, this is personal, but, uh, any nice recipes in the sense of helping calm anxiety and help with your sleep, um, in terms like CBD obviously is one of it, but one of them, but is there anything else that you you found a nice mix that maybe can help others? Yeah. I think that everything you do kind of works synergistically. Um, so it's nice to mix it up and have a variety of tools in your armament um and flotation tanks i found incredible um they don't have very long-term effects so you sleep really well the day that you've used it and then you kind of go back to normal but the day that you use it you have the best sleep of your life they are amazing um what else helps with sleep exercise let's stay in the float tanks for a second just because i've tried um i've tried them and again, I want to make sure that I'm giving it a proper shot. I've only, I think I did it twice. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, you're right though. I definitely, like I, when I left the, the, the location, I, I felt so mellowed out, like as if I did, you know, a full day of meditation or something like that. Um, yeah. but it's like, maybe I was going in with the wrong impression. Like I, I was expect it's like if you're going for some sort of crazy experience, then you've like already set yourself up for failure. Right. Um, cause I didn't, I stopped going because of that. (laughs) Yeah. I was exactly the same because I'd read about these isolation tanks Yeah, and the bit that drew me in was I wanted this mystical spiritual experience, which some people talk about totally where, where they have these crazy visions or they get this real insight into their soul. So I have high expectations. Okay, same. <laughs> um, 
And I went to Floatworks in Vauxhall. There's another place near me called U Float, which is also great. But I was speaking to some of the staff there and they had had some of these experiences through both floating and meditation. So okay, it's super interesting, but I do think, I mean, I guess that takes regular practice and it's hard to make it a very regular thing. I don't think that they're super, yeah. I mean, you know, the price is crazy, but they're not super cheap. Um, and it does take at least like three hours. You've got to get there. You've got to get changed. You've got to get showered and yeah, it's an totally. hour in the morning. But yeah, it's definitely worth it once in a while. Totally. It's interesting. Like what I've so far, and I've only been experimenting with this a little bit more aggressively the last probably six months, but I feel like for almost like an immediate um, effect, um, just doing different breath, like Wim Hof breath work is what I've been trying quite a bit. And because I, I meditate reg- regularly as well, but same thing, I try to like, really try not to set these expectations and results because especially in meditation, I find you know, just consistently meditating, you you start feeling, you start feeling it and you, but it's, it's, it's not this thing that you're just going to get, you know, this immediate uh, response, unless you're in like this massive uh, state of stress in the moment, then obviously it could help. But, you know, if you're waking up meditating and and then heading off to work or doing something like that, it's hard to see the benefits right off the bat. Whereas I'm curious, have you ever tried any type of um, breath work or any experience around that? Yeah, actually, so I did sign up to the Wim Hof online course. Oh, cool. Um, And I've been to the workshops in the Lake District as well. um, And there have been a few workshops in London. I do think breathwork is really interesting. I mean, they say that you get the benefits of hours of meditation in like a much more compact space of time. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's super interesting to see some of the responses if you do it in a group setting and you look around and you know, people get physiological responses to what's going on and it's definitely yeah. a cool place. Yeah. That's something I haven't tried yet. And I I've heard about this, but doing it more, cause I haven't, I've only, you know, I've a seen podcasts with Wim and then I downloaded his app and kind of just followed the guidance there, but I've never done an actual uh, session and, and definitely have not done it together. And I'd imagine just like group meditations, like there's just it's almost like you, you can't really explain it, but there's 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 an energy there, right? Yeah, there's some kind of synergy and some kind of energy. It's strange, but um, and the other nice thing is if you do it in a workshop format with people, you can get shown the correct techniques just yeah. in case you're doing anything wrong. So I found that really helpful. Totally, that's a great great point. Um, so what? So Neil, like, what are your Right now, because I I'd imagine they, they might evolve over time, but like, what are some of your core practices? Like, what's your day look like these days? Yeah, I mean, these days, I feel if I'm honest, I feel like I'm falling behind in my practices a bit because I work and then I do the startup and I do the blog. Yeah. And sometimes I just feel like <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day. But over the last two years, I was very good with it. Um, a year and a half ago, I was doing so much journaling and breath work and meditation. And now I think when it's harder to fit things in, just having at least one key thing that you do every day really helps. So my thing is always in the evening before I go to bed. And it's either a calm app meditation, which I really like. Um, I like that they have little lessons every day as well. I find that quite interesting. Um, 
or it's a there's this app called mindset and they do different types of hypnosis and so i'll play one of those as i go to sleep um as well that's sort of my my thing that i do every day well and again thank you for being super transparent because i mean what you shared is real right like in that i would say is probably the norm uh, including with myself. Like sometimes people think given I'm talking about these practice all the time, I'm like journaling 24 hours a day. Um, but I'm just like everyone else, just like you are. And like, that's the conversation I really want to try to get out there for people is it. And, and you nailed it. It's just, you know, it's not going to be perfect. They're first of all, they're called practices for, for that very reason. And I think what's key though, is that you're, you're prioritizing at least you know, at least the calm meditation. And, and the other thing is that you're self-aware enough knowing that like there are other things missing, right? Like that's so valuable. So again, like I really thank you for, for being honest about that. Um, anything that you really want to try that's, that you haven't yet, that's got you excited in this, in this space? Um, so I've seen so many sort of workshops and, different things online that I haven't been able to try yet. One of them is there's this woman who wrote the book called The Artist's Way, and she does a workshop. That's mainly about journaling, but I've heard so many people have tried that and say that it's been transformational or really beneficial. (laughs) So I just want to see what what all the hype is about there. Um, Maybe learning more techniques around self-hypnosis, I think could be interesting. Yeah, you've really got me interested in this mindset app. Um, I've never tried that. Yeah, yeah, you should. They've got so many different classes. They've got anxiety, personal development, sleep, something for whatever it is you're looking for, really. It's quite interesting. And um, there's an article in New Scientist magazine this month, actually, that was saying that there's a lot of emerging research to show that hypnosis is actually effective. Okay. Um, It's a really interesting space. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited to try that out. Um, you talked a little bit about journaling. Um, or since you've brought it up a few times now. Um, I definitely want to get your three prompts, just like I get from from all the guests. But like what what's what has your I know you it sounds like you're not journaling right now, but in the in the past it's been beneficial. Like what's been your routine um journaling? Like when do you do it or um uh, what what do you find is the most helpful? Um, so I find mornings and lunch times helpful personally. Okay. Um, mornings I find useful because, you know, sometimes you just have those days where you just wake up in a panic and like, you've just got so many thoughts racing around. Like, yeah. what have I got to do today? And it's just so nice to just grab a pen and paper, set your alarm like 10 minutes early, grab a pen and paper and just have this stream of consciousness and just write for 10 minutes solid. Don't think about what you're writing. Just let it flow mm, such a release um, I, yeah i feel like you just start the day so much calmer like you've just kind of emptied your head a little bit yeah. before you get up and what's the lunchtime i've no one's ever mentioned that yet so i'm curious um, what that looks like well lunch lunchtime i just think it's a nice way to punctuate the day to just sure have a moment of reflection and yeah i i think it's a nice way to they say it boosts creativity and I write a lot at work. So it's nice to have a lunch break where I'm helping that, I guess. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm going to try that out. So when it comes to reflective questions, um, I'd love to get three that 
um, either float around on a consistent basis, uh, whether you're writing about them or just thinking about them. Um, it could be, like I said, uh, on a regular basis or during, you know, like big life-changing events in your life, um, which you've had to make, you know, a lot of big decisions. So anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that because I had some of these types of questions that I was thinking about on Monday. Um, and one of them that came up was, if I won the lottery tomorrow, what would I do? Obviously, quite a common question, but I think you know, your answer to that changes at different phases of your life. Um, And I think what was really, yeah, I think what was really nice is I realized on Monday that my answer to that question is I don't think I would change very much because I do actually really enjoy what I do at the moment. And yeah, I'd still be motivated to get up every day and do it. And it's the first time in my life that I felt that way. So that's awesome. No kidding. Congrats for that. Cause I mean, you've obviously put in the work to get to that point. So high fives from Toronto. What's that? I said nothing's permanent. Yeah, for for sure. But for now, sending virtual high fives. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a couple others? Um, Yeah. So the co-working space that I use is really purpose-driven and they always have these kinds of questions floating around as well. Um, and so one of the questions they always encourage members to ask is, am I fulfilled? Yeah. Which is a really good one because it's about, it's not just about are you doing what you enjoy on a daily basis, but are you fulfilled by it? Is it actually benefiting anything bigger than yourself? So yeah, I like that. I think that's, mm-hmm. And do you have a third? Um, a third one. What other questions do I ask? I, mean, I think my third one would be more questions around personal development. Okay. And just on a, because I've been focusing more on how we don't really control what happens in our external environment. It's more about how we react and just totally. trying to, just trying to analyze my reactions more and think more about, okay, where does that come from? Why do I really feel like that? And what's the best way to move forward instead of reacting on autopilot? That's something that I'm trying to work on. I like that. I mean, I wrote, let me know if you're okay with this, but I just, I wrote down, how did I react today? Um, Because I feel like you could use that in many different circumstances. Yeah, that would definitely be useful. (laughs) Okay. So just, just to start wrapping things up, um, like what's, what's next for you? Like what, you know, all said and done, what's really lighting you up these days? Um, just seeing sort of the brand grow and continuing to do lots of different projects, um, meeting new people. I think that's what I find the most exciting thing about London. There's just so much going on here. There's so many interesting people doing interesting things. So yeah, you never know what's around the corner and what you're going to do or who you're going to meet. So I think that's what's most exciting right now. Love it. I mean, you, you have such a great energy and vibe to you. It's, um, it's a real pleasure to have you, uh, for, for these minutes to, to share your, your journey and, and all these different practices. I'm definitely leaving with a couple of things to try out myself. So selfishly, I'm super excited. We had this, this chat, but I imagine, um, it will be helpful for everyone listening. So you know, huge thanks. And again, more virtual high fives, big hug, and just thanks for dedicating your days to 
helping others. It's um, it's a big feat. And um, I really think we need to acknowledge more people that do that. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really enjoying your podcast series. So it's been so nice to be a part of it. Thanks.